The Shop, A Tale of Frightful Incompetence, written by W.P. Thrift, read by Lantis Armstrong on Twitter. Chapter 8, The Shadow That Followed Him. A week later, all the food they had salvaged from Radix's dad's place was long gone. There were mutterings from Bowman that they should go back, but Radix would never attempt such a thing again. It wasn't only a frightful experience for him, but a depressing one. For a fleeting moment, he'd gotten his hopes up about getting some real information about his sisters for the first time in nearly a decade. He decided to let that problem of his past go again, for now at least, as there were plenty more problems in his present to deal with, namely the constant hammering boredom. After such a long and winding path just to get Bowman's PC here to the shop, Radix had yet to actually get on it himself. Initially, when Lantis asked if he could use it, it amused him. First, Lantis got stuck trying to set the clock before he could use the PC. They had to tell him the date, June 2001. And then, Radix and Bowman realized at the same time that PCs don't require you to enter the date before you use them. So now, they were both just lost as to what Lantis had actually been stuck on. There was no internet connected to it at first. The phone Miranda had brought them was hung up behind the desk, but it didn't have any service, so they couldn't even set up a dial-up connection with it. Bowman could have rigged a satellite connection if he wanted, but he was very lazy. Luckily, he was just barely not lazy enough to grab the phone cord from the sandwich shop on the next time he went over to get another free refill of soda, and then stretch the cord all the way from the sandwich shop to their computer repair shop and plug it into his PC to at least get some internet going. The shrieking sound of death emitted by the modem let everyone know that it was working. Just let me check this out, Lantis insisted, and Radix agreed, though he was starving to get on the internet at this point. There were tons of anime JPEGs Radix could be downloading at about five whole pixels a second. Or he could even download music, all the MIDIs and WAV files he could ever want, so long as the number that he wanted was less than ten a day. Seriously, dial-up internet sucks so bad. The thing Lantis clicked on was an MMO, which Bowman had downloaded one day and never gotten around to playing. An MMO is an online game where assholes can piss off other assholes in an attempt to be the greatest asshole who ever lived. That kingly status was bestowed entirely based on the size of one's epine. Which particular MMO it was, Radix didn't care. He just knew that about ten minutes into it, Lantis was hooked, and there was no going back. He tried to wrestle the computer away from him, and was bit several times before he just gave up and let Lantis have it. You don't understand! Lantis yelped at Radix. I'm getting stronger. Bowman! Radix said. It occurs to me. Lantis is still very new to the world of men, and thus very impressionable. Do you really think it's healthy for him to be exposing himself to such things? He could come away from this with all the wrong lessons. If you want him off the pre you can get him off it yourself, Bowman replied, trying to get back to reading his Star Trek and Harry Potter crossover Yoi fanfic from where he had left off the other day. 
I fully understand what's going on, though, Lantis insisted. In this game, you run around crushing people and telling them how much better you are at the game than them through a ritual called teabagging, until someone better than you comes along and stops you, at which point you make fun of that guy for having no life. At least he's not using any of the stupid jargon yet, Radix commented to himself. Yeah! Get fucking pawn, noobs! Lantis yelled at the screen. Oh, God, Radix groaned. The sleeping situation was slightly worse. With the back room boarded up due to being a biohazard, they couldn't even fetch the old clothes they had been sleeping on. Instead, they fetched the newspapers from out in the alleyway that they had used that one night and created a nest next to the desk where they slept. Well, where Radix and Bowman slept, at least. Lantis no longer slept. He just played that same video game. If nothing else, him being on the computer all the time created the illusion that they were up late working on something, should Paul walk by. He had then hopefully not realized they were squatting in here, since they no longer had the curtain to sleep behind. Just as Radix was certain he'd never get to go on the computer, after one full week, Lantis shoved the monitor off the desk and kicked the tower at his feet over. He was cursing worse than usual. Radix had grown accustomed to Lantis letting out random strings of expletives ever since he had started playing that game, but this time it seemed particularly vulgar. So what's going on? Radix asked, mildly curious. Those motherfuckers! Lantis shouted. They just nerfed Paladins in the latest patch! Fuck that game! Fuck it in its stupid fucking ass! I'm never gonna touch that piece of shit game again! So... You'd be cool if I got on the computer? Radix decided to take the justifiably insensitive route. I don't care. Lantis just sat and pouted. Radix fetched the monitor, and after a few heart-pounding seconds, it switched back on again after he jiggled the cords. The colors were now screwed up in the top right corner of the screen from impacting the ground. But meh, he could live with that. He had to hit up some search engines to find out what his favorite band of magical anime girls were up to lately. He used to watch the show all the time when he was back home, albeit the crappy U.S. dubbed version. He was itching to see what the far superior Japanese version had going on. And yes... Radix thought of this as a much better use of the PC than playing video games on it. Of course, there was no official website for it. He had to go to a cheap, mostly text, fan-made site. The text also loaded slowly, and it was at least 20 minutes before he realized there was even supposed to be pictures on the web page as tiny red X's started to appear after the images gave up loading. They weren't broken but the internet in the year 2001 had a bad habit of saying fuck it when something was just too hard to load. The door to the shop swung open, and some guy wearing a red jacket and red backwards cap walked in. He blinked a couple times to get used to the lights. It was dark outside. Hey! Hello! Are y'all open? The guy screamed. Is that the fabled customer? Lantis asked. Then, more meekly, then does that mean our other back room is about to be destroyed? God damn it, Bowman, Raddick said. You forgot to lock the door again. 
Ever since the sheep eater incident, they had mostly kept the door locked and the sign flipped over to closed. They didn't want to deal with anybody else. He smells like my dad's breath, Bowman frowned, switching off the web browser and his goggles to get a clear look at the intruder. Hello! Listen! Hey! You guys! And you are? Radix asked, not wanting to look up from the site in case the JPEG loaded a little bit more. Tall boy! He exclaimed. Your name is... Tall boy? What? No! I'm looking for a tall boy! You know, about 16 ounces! About this big! We're gonna call him Tall Boy anyway. Lantis's ears began to ring again, something they had started doing since the first night of being blasted by Sheepeater's music. Bowman had been preemptively protecting the shop against it each night ever since, but that still didn't undo the damage from that first night. I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and suggest I believe you have mistaken us for a bar or something. Radix tried to explain. Come on! Really? You know! Tall boy! About 16 ounces! What the fuck is he going on about? Lantis's vocabulary had been expanded from his time playing an MMO. You hear that screaming? Radix wanted to point this out to Lantis. Yeah, that's the type of shit that's been keeping me up every night for the past week. He's been here for that long? Lantis was really confused. No, I'm talking about your screaming at that damn game, Radix said. People kept ninjing my loot. Lantis got defensive. My sexy female elf needed better clothes, and those assholes dared deny me just because they were eligible to roll on it. Ah, so you played a female elf, Radix said, just to antagonize him. Yeah, I mean, her body size was closer to mine than any of the male models. Besides, two main points, I guess. Lantis began to get even more defensive. Are you guys still listening? Are you still here? Radix glared at him. Radix eyeballed his duffel bag, sitting across the room. It was just so tempting to run over there and grab his katana to run this guy out of the shop with. He opted to remain seated, though. This guy was clearly too drunk to realize he had stumbled into a computer repair shop, and not a bar. So, he also wasn't likely to know when his life was being threatened. Bowman, get him out of here, Radix said. Why me? Because you were the one that left the door unlocked. Well, I don't want to do it. I don't even like dealing with my dad when he's drunk. No one likes dealing with your dad even when he's sober. Hey, come on, you know? Really? Sixteen ounces? Tallboy screamed. Is that a Cattail Technical College t-shirt? Lantis asked, genuinely curious. Ha! Yeah! Go! Fighting electronic cattails! Tallboy yet continued to scream. What do you care? Radix had to ask. I used to go there. What, like, as a student? No, no. Uh, a while back I wandered onto their campus. I ate out of the dumpster behind the cafeteria until they spotted me one day and chewed me off. 
Lantis explained. Yeah, that figures, Raddick said. Then you should come back, Tallboy declared, still screaming. We drink beer there, and we get drunk. Hey, that reminds me, you guys got any tall boys? Lantis frowned. I don't think I would enjoy that too much. Fair assessment, given the example before him. Oh yeah, I could totally see you going to college, Raddick smirked. Forget it. I don't want to go. Lantis crossed his arms and looked away. I've seen the students there. They walk around with dead expressions. I've heard their mutterings about someone named Alkion. They're not afraid of her. But that's because she's broken their spirits too much for them to be afraid. So I'm not going. Ever! Oh, come on. I'm sure it'll be a pleasant experience. No, no school. Radix was amused that Lantis was taking this so hard which just made him want to tease him about it more. However, one little detail everyone was neglecting was that it was becoming very late outside, and that the door was still unlocked. A blast of darkness crashed against the shop. Radix panicked and ran for the door, but it swung open and a vicious hand of manifested darkness slashed at him. It was the shadow that had followed Lantis for so long, arriving just before the witching hour of midnight had begun, the perfect time when the town was dark, but the worst of the creatures had yet to come out to play. Raddick stumbled backwards away from the door, heart pounding. Oh, shit! Bowman yelped, even he realizing that this was very bad. He got up from his chair, an action he'd never take lightly, and began towards the door to the repair room in the back. Boy! Rawr! A shriek from the lungs of Satan crashed through the room as the darkness began to bellow in like a mist, freezing everyone in their tracks. Hey! Do you have a tall boy? Well, except for Tall Boy, who was just not seeing straight enough to realize what was going on. Popping out from the front of the mist was a wily, wicked afro. It slowly tilted back until sunglasses dark as a twin pair of pits to hell, popped up. Then a long, white grin, brilliant as the Cheshire Cat's smile, emerged beneath it. The gigantic clawed hen that had lashed out towards Radix began to shrink until it was a frightfully long, bone-thin arm. The claws at the end were like daggers, and it was quickly joined by a second arm pushing out of the mist, grabbing hold of the inside of the shop as the creature forced its way inside. As the darkness congealed to form her body, a bright white I Heart School t-shirt emerged, along with mom jeans and high heels. She walked into the shop like she owned the place, marching straight over to the desk and leaning over towards Lantis. I couldn't have possibly heard you correctly! The monstrosity of darkness which had followed him for so long the curse he bore, shrieked at him. Did you just say that you would never be attending school? Lantis was too scared and freaked out to respond. Bowman had long stopped inching towards the door, and was now just clenching his butt cheeks together, hoping that he didn't void his bowels in terror. Radix, meanwhile, was busy eyeballing his duffel bag again. The monster was standing squarely between him and it, 
He wasn't certain his katana could even pierce the flesh of a monster made of pure darkness, but he'd rather at least have the chance to try and fight it, rather than die defenseless. And he was certain death was inevitable at this point. He could feel her killer instinct. It radiated from her, like a sick odor. I, uh, I, I don't know, I, uh... Lantis fumbled over his words when he was finally able to eke anything out. What are you? Radix asked in a hushed whisper. The monster's face bolted over towards him so fast that he peed a little. Her jaw was trembling from the weight of her enormous, razor-sharp teeth. Saliva pulled on the corners of her mouth. She was starving. I'm the Lady of Terror! The name's Mar! As the creature uttered its own name, the wind outside began to wail, as though the very city itself cried out in fright at the mere utterance. And I have but two desires in this entire world. Uh, killing and eating your prey? Radix hazarded a guess. No, Mar replied. Hello! Tallboy walked up to Mar and screamed right into her ear, causing her smile to drop down into a frown. Do you have any tall boys? They're about sixteen now! Mar stabbed him through the mouth and out the top of his skull with a butcher knife that had appeared in her hand from out of nowhere. She hadn't even turned her head to look at him. She just stabbed him through, then pushed him down, the knife still lodged in his skull. Her smile returned, and she acknowledged her murder victim no further. As I was saying, Mar continued, I love school. I love everything about it, from attending, to lectures, to homework, to everything, except for the end, when the bell rings, when the children think it's okay to leave the classroom, to leave the school. I... you're... what? Radix was so confused. He realized it was likely she was just babbling, though, as she had already shown erratic, destructive behavior. Then Radix noticed the skirts of one of the teenage magical anime girls he so loved to oogle over emerge on the screen, finally loaded after nearly thirty minutes. Still not the whole JPEG, but it managed to work its way down to the start of her legs. His slight glance away from Mar angered her greatly, and she grabbed the monitor with one hand and crushed it, then tossed it effortlessly behind her. Do I have your full undivided attention again? Mar demanded. Y yes ma'am, Radix choked out. She turned back to Lantis, then looked down at the center of the desk. The tin ash can that Bowman had brought in much earlier was there. It was now filled with cigarette butts. School. The great love of my life. My desire is for everyone to attend, forever and ever. Because school is cool, Mar said. But then, there's the other desire I have in life. I hate smokers. I hate it, and I want them all to die. 
she glared over towards Lantus, accusingly. You're a smoker, aren't you? Boy! I can smells it on you! The nose knows! Mars' claws ate into the desk as she clawed towards the ash can. However, beneath all of that duct tape, the black gunk and bugs still lived and thrived. And soon as her nails pierced the surface, it all began to crawl up onto her hand. In surprise, Mar pushed away from the desk, looking at her claws with disgust. What the hell is this? Mar shrieked. Run! Radix yelled, bolting past Lantis and into the repair room behind him. Lantis ran too, but Bowman was too slow, and Mar blocked him from the door. She looked him up and down, moving in close with a clawed hand. She took his head into the claw. She could so easily crack his skull like an egg if she wanted. You! Mar evaluated. I sense good in you. You're no smoker or school skipper, ours ya. Um. Bowman had no words, but quickly swallowed the cigarette he had just been smoking, hoping she hadn't noticed it. Mar released him, and Bowman made rapid, agitated bird noises as he headed into the back room as well, slamming the door shut behind him and joining everyone else huddled down behind the tennis table. Oh my god! What the fucking hell? Radix gagged out. I thought we were all gonna die! Me too! Lantis held his legs tight, rocking back and forth. How did you escape? Radix asked Bowman. Bowman was too busy still making agitated bird noises to respond. He flapped his arms like a bird while doing so, meaning he was super serious about his chirping. I don't really feel safe here, Radix said. Like, not at all. Yeah, Lanta said. My mom could easily break down that door and kill us all if she wanted to. Exactly, Radix said. Look, it's not quite midnight yet, so we could still... Wait. Did you just say that monstrosity out there's your mom? Yeah, Lantis replied as though it were obvious. Radix was thunderstruck. He looked Lantis up and down, but he couldn't see any resemblance. Then again, the creature of darkness was nearly a skeleton, albeit a hunched-over 15-foot-tall skeleton. He was just lost for words. He'd completely lost track of what he was even saying before. Anyway, you're right, Lantis said, now more used to taking charge after leading parties in an MMO. We gotta make a run for it. It's not midnight yet, like you said. So, the town is still mildly safe to run through. There's gotta be some place we can stay. What the fuck are you? Reddix demanded of Lantis, abruptly. We could go back to Dash's garage at the auto repair shop, Bowman suggested. We already know we could break in there. Oh, we'd be safe enough for the night. All right, let's go, Lantis said getting out from behind the tennis table and slowly moving back over towards the door to peek out of it. Mar was still there, though her back was to them as they opened the door to peek out. She was chewing on the corpse of Tallboy. They could hear his bones snapping as she broke through the ribs to get to the really good parts, the guts, lungs, and heart. 
Her head trembled unnaturally as she fed. She's distracted. Let's go, Lantis said. Then he looked back to see Raddick still hunched down behind the tennis table. His body turned as though he continued to stare at Lantis, who was no longer there. What are you? Raddick muttered again, then finally blinked, realizing where he was and what was going on. He got up and joined them at the door, and the trio very carefully snuck across the shop and then exited it. They made tracks across town quickly to the auto repair shop. Bowman hacked the garage door opener by hitting it really hard until it worked, and then they got inside and closed it. The floor was concrete and freezing cold. So, still better than the shop's floor. That concludes Chapter 8 of The Shop. Tune in every Tuesday for new chapters. If you'd like to reach me, you could do so at Lantis Armstrong on Twitter. That's L-A-N-T-I-S-A-R-M-S-T-R-O-N-G. And if you'd like to reach the author, you can send me your message, and I assure you he'll receive it, because we're the same person. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again for next week's chapter, In the Pines.